Welcome to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Looking to overcome your fears, create extra income, invest while you work, become a successful investor, and enjoy a better lifestyle? You're in the right place. Turn your investing dreams into your investing reality. You'll learn why investing is important, the importance of knowing when to move on, and everything in between. You're about to get exclusive access to an investor's mindset. Now, here's your host, Vikan Backrad. Hey guys, this is Vikan Backrad, your host. Today we have an amazing guest. His name is Edward Frisch. I would call him Edward Fresh, but he has Edward Frisch. So it's F-R-I-S-H. Is that correct? Yes. Perfect. Good morning. Good morning. And what I wanted to go ahead and say, he's a real estate investor. He's a poker champion. Edward, I would love for you to tell us how you got started in real estate, connect that a little bit with poker. Let's get the morning started. Good morning, good morning. Um, I don't know about a, a poker champion or real estate investor, but I, I do wear many hats. Um, I'm a real estate broker, and that's number one, a mortgage broker. And um, right now we own a number of real estate offices, Century 21 Hollywood, Century 21 EDVA, Realty, an escrow company, a mortgage company, a law office, and insurance office. Um, the way we, the way I started is, I came to Los Angeles in 1999 from Chicago, uh, right after I gra- graduated college, and I started working for a bank, World Savings Bank, at that time, doing mortgages. And um, I believe the president of the bank in one of the meetings. <clears throat> told me that if you really want to make money, you got to get your broker's license and work for yourself. So based on his advice, I received the broker license in, I believe, 99, in 1999, at the end of 99, and I started doing real estate. Perfect, perfect. And what was it like starting at that time? Was it the same experience that you need to require as today, or was it easier at the time? It was a completely different market. It was as hard as it is now, uh, especially that I became a broker right away. I was n- never an agent, and there was no one to teach me. So my parents, uh, I moved to California with my brother, who was at the high school at the time. And after he graduated high school, my parents moved out here. They bought a bakery in Encino. So I was helping them at the bakery and doing real estate from from the bakery. Um, the problem is there was no one to teach me what to do and how to do it. So my first transaction was actually buying a townhouse for our family. And uh, I had to learn the hard way. I called the um, listing agent. I told him, listen, this is my first transaction. I have no idea what I'm doing. So you have to help me out. And she was a 70-year-old lady who had 30 or 40 years experience in real estate. And she kind of showed me step by step what needs to be done. Then I called escrow company, told them the same thing. And that's how I learned everything that we have in every department that we have right now. I kind of did it myself first. And then I would hire someone with experience or brand new and teach them the way I want them to do the work. So to answer your question, was it harder or easier for me personally? It was hard because there was no one to teach me. In terms of the market overall, it's always hard. There is no easy market. 
Correct. And in that situation, were you basically learning by reading books or was it just by networking with other people and learning what they do and getting that knowledge and experience so you can use it on yourself? Uh, it was no books. It was mostly learning on as I was going on existing transactions. So I would meet someone who wants to buy a house and I would just go with it. And if I didn't know something, I would call the other agent and tell them, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. Show me what needs to be done. Or I would call the escrow company and I would tell them, listen, how do you fill out this uh, amendment or addendum or whatever the paperwork needed to be fill out, filled out at that time? So I would ask them and they would be more than happy. I mean, they would make money on the transaction, so they are happy to help me out. And that's how I learned. I didn't, books is a great idea, but they kind of skewed to what whoever writes the book, what the, the message that they want to bring out to. So it might not be the best thing to do. Um, I would say by talking to people and asking them what to do is, was the best thing. Okay, absolutely. Now, I'm assuming over the years you had to collect some investing psychology where you had to get your brain in this right place so you would be able to go ahead and do that. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? How important is investing psychology in real estate? Um, real estate investment is important because it's the biggest financial decision a family will take in their lifetime, mostly in their lifetime, for the most of us. Um, so it is very important to understand what you're doing. For me personally, I didn't... Even buying the first townhouse is kind of, was kind of an investment. But when you say investment, I, my brain takes me to buying something for a rent or a flip or something to make money and not to live there. Even though most of the real estate that people do are to live there. To, they buy something for them as a personal residence. So my first investment property wasn't purchased. I started in 99. I think the first investment property that we bought was in 2004, um, like four or five years after I became a real estate agent, a real estate broker. Um, so if you ask me why I wouldn't buy an investment property for five years, I don't have an answer. I wish I did, but everything happens for a reason. I believe that. So I guess it wasn't the right time for me personally to start buying investment properties. So w the first investment property that I bought at that time was in Lancaster and Palmdale, brand new construction. And um, I would just drive around and look at the, what they were what they were doing. And um, it just happened. I walked in, in one of the sales office, and the way they would sell the properties are in the stages. So they would sell. 10 houses, and then the second stage would be they would increase the price by thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. So what happened is I walked into the sales office, and uh, they, were right, they had one house left at the first stage or second stage of construction, and they had very good discounts plus perks. So I ended up buying a house, and I think four days later, I made $100,000 on that first investment property that I bought. But that was at that time. You have to understand that. <laughs> Correct. Okay, so would you mind telling me a little bit more about that, of how that process works? Well, at that time, Lancaster and Palmdale was booming in uh, brand new construction. 
Every, How did you know that? Um, you don't mind asking. I, I would had, like to know. I want to get in your mindset of. How were you able to go ahead and make that decision that at that time it was booming, that you made that step to go and speak to them, and it was the right decision for you to go upon uh, taking this new development? I had a, I have a cousin who moved from Chicago as well, um, and he started working for a mortgage broker as a processor to get knowledge so he can go on his own. And one of their clients was buying a lot of properties in Lancaster and Palmdale, brand new construction, and then selling them on a sales on a land contract. Very few people know what the land contract is, and I don't think we should get into that. It's very complicated. So my cousin told me, like, listen, this guy is buying so many properties. Why don't you, you know, check it out? Maybe it's something that you would be interested in. So I took Saturday, drove around all, like, new construction sites, sales offices, and it just happened. It was KB Homes that I walked into the office and started talking to the salespeople. Okay, makes sense. Perfect. Now, I did want to go ahead and ask you, in this situation, why do you think some of the new investors start failing in real estate? And how would you go about, say, in or what would they have to go out and do in order to become a real uh, successful in real estate? Well... I've been in real estate for 18 years now, a little over 18 years. So I've seen up markets, I've seen down markets. Um, new investors, problem number one is they get too excited about doing it, about the actual process and not the numbers in that process. Um, I see a lot of people coming into the office and they want to buy, they have a property that they want to buy. And there's only fifty thousand dollars in profits, so they in fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money on one transaction. But when you take out all the services and expenses that you have to pay, and then you calculate the income tax that you have to pay on the money that you made, you end up with maybe five ten thousand dollars. So if something goes wrong, you lose money right away. Um, so that's the problem number one is numbers. I don't know, don't ask me why, but I mean, I have doctors, attorneys, I mean, stockbrokers, wealthy people coming in and they don't do the numbers. It's just an idea of doing it because everyone else is doing it. It shadow, overshadows the actual business, uh, business plan, I would say. Um, I think that's the problem number one. That would be the number one problem. Right. But if in that situation, if that's the number one, which I don't blame it, I think it's correct. Going back to the books, I feel that there are so many books that they provide you with so many different formulas of how to go regarding the numbers. However, reading the next book, it goes against it. So in this situation, is it more finding the right number that works for you? Or is it just constantly reading the next book or trying to find the next number to make it right for you? Because we can pull up so many different formulas that says, you know what, this is the greatest investment. And then there is some other formula that goes completely against it and says this is a terrible investment. How do you go about picking the right investment? Or is it something that you have to test it out on yourself and know which one works best for you? I think it's what works best for you based on your business plan and what you want to achieve. It's not 
in order for you to do that, you don't need books. You need, I don't want to say me, but you need someone, you need a professional that you can trust who can sit down with you and do the numbers and tell you what, based on your business idea or business plan, which property it would be the best for you. I mean, if you look, um, I believe Grant Cardone, I mean, one of the best educators out there, and he didn't buy, he owns, I don't know how many units does he own, like 5,000, I don't know, but he didn't buy his first property for, I think, three, maybe four, five years, but after he decided to buy one, and uh, that, it's a multi, it's apartment buildings. So he was searching for the right property, for the right deal for four years before he purchased one. So you might get one tomorrow, you might get one four years from now, but you need someone to show you which property is the right property for you. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. So you need to be guided in the right direction by someone that has done it. Exactly. So I'm assuming in this situation, going to the topic of maybe having a mentor that walks you through the process as they have done this before and it, it comes to them as a really easy thing. So they walk you through that process and give you some guidance to get to where you're trying to get to. Exactly. Would you mind Would you mind talking about how important it is to have a mentor in this situation? It's very important. I mean, it is the most important thing in the real estate investors to have someone uh, either it's a real estate agent, broker, attorney, your CPA, who is knowledgeable to tell you what needs to be done. I mean, to give you an example, what's what's the date today? May 3rd, in March, I think on March 10th or 15th, I bought a property at the auction. And I'm using this company who is actually going to the auction as a trustee sale, where you have to pay all cash, and they bid for the property. And it just happened that I, t I was talking to one of the employees in that company, and they said, we just purchased the property in Sherman Oaks. So listen, let me, I told him, I'm going to buy it off from you. I mean, I need another uh, project. So we decided on the price. I purchased the property. One step, wrong step in that transaction led me to where I am right now. So what I did wrong is they gave me a grand deed that I needed to record. I did not, I mean, I don't buy properties at the trustee sale every time, every day. Like I maybe over 18 years, I purchased maybe six, seven of them. So I forgot, or I didn't know, I forgot that, that you need to record the grand deed within the first 15 days of the sales date. And if you don't, then if the owner files for bankruptcy, then it becomes such a headache that I'm still trying to get a clean title on the property a month and a half, two months later. And I still don't have it. And I don't know if I'm going to have it. So if I knew that one step or someone was kind of guiding me in the right direction, that wouldn't have happened. I would have a possession of the property now and I would be working on a project instead of having 750000 in cash tied up in the property without knowing if it's going to be my property or not. Makes sense. So a mentor would be able to go out and help you in this? Absolutely. Okay. So that's something really important. Um, I did want to go ahead talk about little bit about poker. How would you connect poker with real estate? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I never, I, I don't like to gamble. I'm not a gambling person. I can go to Vegas without putting in any money on the table. But my uncle and aunt was still playing poker professionally. And um, it just happened that 
I tried it once, twice, three times, and I would lose money. So I went to them like, listen, I, I'm sick of losing money. What do I do to win money? <laughs> so they gave me four or five books to read. I read them, then they sat me down. They taught me what to do, the process, and here we are now. <laughs> I love it. Let me ask you. You know, I realized that you're good in poker when you said that I don't treat it as a gambling, which is really important that professional poker players, they never really treat it as a gambling. And for that reason, I did want to go out and ask you, when do you consider that you go from a gambling to a real investor where you actually, your intent is to go in there and not be 50-50 and be above that, having the odds in your favor? It's different for every person. I mean, I, I see people come in, losing, go, and then come back, lose more, and leave, and never come back. Um, I... When, when I went to school, I went to DePaul in Chicago. Uh, I went to night school. During the day, I was trading commodities at the Chicago Board of Trade. And um, the rule number one, then I went to work for Schoenfeld uh, Securities, day trading firm. And the rule number one was you have to lose so much money in the beginning that you would get sick of losing and you would see every possible way to lose money before you start making money. I don't know if it makes sense to normal it people, makes perfect sense. Go ahead. Um, but I guess you have to feel it on your own skin, what it feels like to lose and what is the situation that you lost money. So you lose once, like if someone hits you once, twice, three, four times, you know not to go left because you're going to get hit. So you go, you go right. So if you see enough of the situations, then you know what to do not to lose money. So a lot of people, like the same thing in real estate, a lot of people quit before they see the profits. I see that in a lot of real estate agents, brand new agents, because I have a real estate school in Hollywood office where uh, people come in, they get their real estate license, then I have a class that I teach them everything that I know. And they quit before they go over the limp to start making money. Makes sense. The way I can connect that is basically since based upon what I do trading-wise, it was one of the things that I read and it stuck with me. It said if you want to make good money and you want to make a fortune, you need to be there on the bad days, you need to be there on the good days, so you can get the best in the end. Correct, so correct. It goes exactly along with what you said. Um, so how do you really connect real estate with poker? Is it just hobby for you or is it something that you can see that there's the same responsibilities and being having that edge in a way in poker and real estate? Um it's a strategy, I would say. Um, just like in business, in poker, you need to have a strategy. Um, if you have a losing strategy, you will never be a winner. In poker, you need to have a right approach, right mentality, state of mind, and that everything has to connect in order for you to make money. In real estate, in real estate, it's the same way. You need to have a, not only the knowledge, money, financing, but you have to have a right market um, in order to make money. So everything has to connect. Okay. Makes sense. Edward, I'm going to take you back in time. 
I know it's been a while for you, but I'm going to take you back in time and I'm going to give you an X amount of money. I would love to go out and see your point of view of how you would invest that. Okay? So let's go back to 20. Edward is now 20 years old and he has $1,000. If you're starting all over, what would you do with that? When I was 20 years old, I probably would go to the bar. <laughs> okay. You, you can be honest with me. You can go to the bar or you can do whatever you want. I just want your honest opinion on it. Okay. So let's say now you turn 21 and you have $5,000. What would you do with that? Um, if you're going to go to, on a vacation, please invite me. Come on. We'll go together. But I think if you're investing, that would be a different story. On a $5,000 investment, I would... What I would do is I would probably, not probably, but I would most likely buy something as uh, for my for myself personally, and uh, try to. There are a lot of financing programs for first-time buyers. As of twenty-one year old, you most likely are first-time buyers. So there's an there are FHA, there's an FHA program that will allow you to buy a property with no money down right now with a grant that you can receive up to i think four and a half percent of the purchase price so it will cover your down payment it will cover some of the closing costs so you're not going to need money to purchase the property but five thousand dollars you would need that in case something happens to the property once you buy it and maybe live there for six months to a year and then rent it out and go to your next property makes sense before I go on to the 10,000, I did want to go ahead and ask you, do you think America supports for people to go ahead and have a house? When you say America supports, what does that mean? Do you believe that America wants people to buy houses and live in their own houses? Because having a grant that, that is paying for your real estate property, that you can make some income from it, do you think that America wants people to live in their own house? That's to build their dream, basically. Um, the, I think the answer to that is to look. You have to look at the current financial situation in the United States, in nation, nationwide, and worldwide. And we are coming off the the worst, one of the worst bubbles that in the history of mortgages or fina financial histories around the world. So right now, what the government is trying to do is they trying to make people spend money the problem with that is they try and they try and but it's not happening so people are not less people are willing to buy properties than they you than they were before like five years ten years from 15 years ago 20 years ago so if you want to answer your question just to answer your question yes america united states government wants us to go out and spend money buying houses buying Anything we want, they just want us to spend money. That's why the interest rates are so low. But the problem is majority of the people nationwide are over the age of retirement age. And that happened last year. So that's not going to happen. So you, um, the answer is yes, they want us to spend money. <laughs> okay. The sh short one. Okay, that makes perfect sense. All right, so let's say now you're 23 years old and you have a $10,000. How would you go about spending that money and investing it? Um, same way as when I was when I had $5,000. Okay. 
Um, look, before you ask me when you have $20,000, I'll, I'll make it shorter. You don't need money to buy real estate. You need a good credit and you need to find a prop, the right property. Uh, money will, if you are dealing with the right real estate broker and a mortgage broker, money will be founded for you. It's not a problem to find money. The problem is to find the right property. Okay. Since you're saying that that's really important, let's just go really short into how do you identify an important property that is a right property for you? We don't have to go really in detail of like so many formulas or different. If you want to provide that, that's more than fine. But just go really short into how do you identify that this is the right property and it would make some kind of an income and build a cash flow for you. So you can use that to go to the next property. Good question. Um, I buy personally and it's again for your listeners is this formula is my formula. I'm using it. So I don't know if it's going to be good for other people. And I buy property without even looking at them. Um, so I'm going to give you the answer based on the years of my years in real estate. In two, from 2004 to 2006, I was buying brand new construction. For me, I could care less what the house looked like. All I needed to know is how much they're going to pay me in commissions, what kind of discounts I'm going to get on individual property, and what is the price of the next stage release? So to give you an example on that is I would buy a property for $200,000 or $250,000. I would get 3% commission. I would get 10% bonus. I would get all my closing costs covered. And next release in the week of the next stage would be instead of 250, would be 299,000. So I'm making $100,000 over in the week without doing anything and I have enough money to pay the mortgage on the property for the entire year if I it just if I can't sell it so that was the right formula for me at that time and we bought over 20 properties like that like 26 27 properties we sold last one in December of 2006 right before the crash so here's 2007 and I need to keep the office open so I need the next thing because the new construction doesn't exist anymore. So I go to older real estate agents and I tell them, listen, how was it in 94, 96 that people were making money when real estate market was coming down? And at that time, there was a land sales contracts. They didn't do short sales, but short sale was one of the answers. So I called the bank and said, listen, do you know what short sale is? And they said, no, we don't. So I'm like, okay, I have a house who's underwater, which is underwater. Let's figure out together. So I closed my first short sale in February of 2007. And at that time, I my formula was, okay, I want to buy a house where house in a bad condition that I can fix it and I can rent it out and be positive cash flow even if the market is coming down because to, in order for me to sell it I need the market to go up not to coming down that's when you sell so I need to hold on to the property for I don't know how many years maybe five maybe ten years until market recovers and starts going up and that's that would be the time for me to sell so in from 2007 
to 2010-12, I needed the properties and my formula was to buy the property, fix it, rent it out and be cash, uh, cash flow positive, but to have an ability if the market goes up a little bit to refinance and get my down payment and other money out so that I don't have anything invested in that property and just make money in, in rents and paying down the mortgage itself. So that was the right formula from 2007 and pretty much until 2016. Right now, right now, in 2016, my form, I wasn't buying any, I mean, I would buy something maybe at the auction that has, has this spread between the market value and the purchase price large enough that if market starts coming down, I can either hang on to it until the better times or I can sell it, either make a little bit money or break even. So that's the formula right now. So property that I bought in March, and I, in my newsletter, I tell people, listen, it's not an exceptional environment to start to go crazy and start buying investment properties because market went up from 2012 into 2000, until now, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, so if the, pro if the property has enough potential i would say like sherman oaks property that i bought in march and i bought it for seven hundred thirty-five thousand. and i know that once i have a possession i can build a brand new project brand new property or i can fix it rent it out or i can sell it and there's over a hundred thousand dollars in profit there so in case market comes down i can break even that's the right property for me now if my idea of the right property changed about four years ago in 2007, I wanted to buy so many properties and have enough cash flow that where I wouldn't have to work tomorrow. Four years ago, I sat down with my father and said, listen, I mean, we have so many properties. We have cash flow. What happens if the market drops 20, 30, 40%, 50% tomorrow? What would hurt us more? Lose everything that we made in the last five years? or not to make another 10, 20, 30% appreciation in a property. And I thought about it and I don't care, I don't care as much if I make extra 10, 20%, but I would care if I lose everything that I've made in the last five years. So I started selling again, just like it was in 2006. So right now, today, not that I'm only selling, I'm still buying if I see the right property, but I'm very picky in what I'm buying right now. And I only left properties that I think are like a, a jewels that I would like to, would love to keep for the next 10, 15, 20 years if something happens. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. I really love that you went really deep inside of how you define the right strategy. Is there also a way how you prepare for the future one? I know whenever it was regarding 2008, you went back in time and tried to figure out how it works at the time, what worked, and how you can do it again. Would you do the same for the future reference? I know we're in 2017. There's something always always coming, like 2018, uh, 19, 20. There's all those different topics of uh, there might be a market crash again, this and that. But it really doesn't matter. You're preparing yourself for that, correct? Right, right. Um for the future, I think my perfect idea or what I would love to see is, I mean, there are, we next crash is going to be, I don't want to say harder 
than the previous one, but every bubble that we have burst. Every bubble that you look back, I don't know how many, look a thousand years back, every bubble that we had worldwide burst at some point. And every time it happens, I mean, every time it happens, it goes back to where it started. Um, I had an agent. I had a $20 bet in, two, in 2004, 2005. And I told one of my agents that a market will go back to the 94 prices. Um, I, j I was just looking at the chart one Saturday morning. I don't know why I started looking at the chart. I love charts. But he was laughing at me. And this is what happened. I sold all of my investment and my partner's investment properties in 2006. And it was... a I mean, amazing time. I'm not trying to brag about it, but that's what happened. So now, now that I'm looking back, I think it's going to be even if if we're going to have a crash because of the government involvement in uh, helping the economy overall. I think we will have a bigger crash, but it's because of the popu uh, demographics, because of the population is over the most of the population are over retirement age. And in real estate, when people, like I'm looking at my parents, they have a house with, when everyone lived in that house, we had six bedrooms, six bathrooms, all my brothers, sisters, I mean, cousins uh, lived in that house. Now they are there, two people in a 4,000 square foot house. They don't need such a big house. They need one level, two bed, three bedrooms, maybe 2,000 square foot house for their grandkids. That's it. So what are, what are they doing? They're gonna start trying to sell the house and when everyone's trying to sell or downsize and not enough people that would want to buy those houses what's going to happen to the market and no uh, equilibrium um, that's basically demand and supply exactly not meeting exactly absolutely so when you have 80 or so million units nationwide to sell and only 30 million people want to buy them i mean you can figure out what happens to the price but for me, as a real estate broker, as a business owner, as an employer, I have to provide an environment for my clients and employers, uh, where the safe environment where they can work. So my next thing is, if what will happen if that does happen? What would I do if that happens? And that's a million dollar question. <laughs> exactly. If everybody could figure that out. Everybody would be on the Forbes list, right? Well, okay. it's not that hard to figure out. It's just you have to act on what you think the right thing is. So, and we, for me, it's we increasing the services that we offering to people. Like my brother, my cousin, my other cousin is an attorney. And I gave him the space in my Tarzana office. So they do landlord tenant uh, litigation. So we go that way. We start selling insurances. We do mortgages. Ask, so we kind of broaden our normal real estate office services so that if it does happen we are still in business but for investors for investors you can't predict when it happens so you cannot wait for that if you wait for that you're going to miss the boat so what you need to do is you need to kind of if it's 2017 and you want to buy investment property your strategy should be for 2017 with the crash in the back of your mind what happens if it does happen Makes perfect sense, Edward. I really do appreciate your time. I'm in this situation. I'm just going to ask you the one, uh, two last questions, and then we'll go ahead and talk about uh, what you have for our listeners and how you can definitely help them. 
before we get into that, I did want to go out and say you were speaking about charts. What charts do you look at regarding uh, regarding real estate, and what is one book that you recommend every new investor to start reading? Um, I look at the ten-year bonds in order to figure out what's going on with the mortgages, the in daily interest rate. So I look at the ten-year chart. In terms of the real estate market, I look. I just googled um, California prices from certain years and it gives you uh, like a bar chart you can go back to i think like 70s or 60s and uh, it has that data so i look at that um then on a monthly basis like in my market like i do i, I would do i would go anywhere to do business but my bread and butter is let's say san fernando valley and west side right now so i do monthly inventory like what's available what's on the market and the prices uh this way i can figure out how long does it take to sell a property let's say we have 2.5 houses inventory in a month so that means that it will take 30 days to sell one house it should take 30 days to sell a house or it should take two weeks to sell a house um in terms of the book i don't know if that answers your question no that's perfectly fine Go ahead. Um, in terms of the books, the one of the best books was uh, not m real estate related, but it's a business related book. It's a reminiscence of the stock operator. It was written in 19 or 1894 or 1904. It's about life of the stock uh, kid that traded stocks. I love that book. I've read that at least like four times. I didn't understand it the first time I read it, so I had to read it multiple times to understand it. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%. The first time I read it, I didn't have any clue what it was talking about. But you have to read it. It's a very big, fat book, but there's a lot of information in there that you can definitely use it in different aspects of life. Um, go ahead. You were going to say something? Um, that's like overall book. for the. I mean, I, don't, I try listen to the books on uh, Audible. So when I drive, so I, I listen to so many books, um, but I haven't started reading or listening books until maybe three, four years ago. Um, and then, I mean, I would still do it, but not as much. Now I go through a book a week probably <laughs> uh, while I'm driving. But for the real estate, um, I don't even know if there's a book just for the real estate. I mean, there's a how, how to, be, um, how to become, become a real estate millionaire. There's a book, I mean, how to make repairs, how to flip, um, like specific books. But I, I don't know why I'm not too big of a fan of those books. I think because people that write them, they write them based on their market where they located and every market is different, um, demographically, I think it's different. So for the real estate investment, I think it's, there is no book. I, need, I, I would suggest that whoever's listening just get a good real estate broker that very, who is very knowledgeable and go with that. Perfect. All right. So now we have come to the end of the show. I wanted to, first of all, thank you very much for taking your time and be on this show. Edward, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? I remember earlier you said you have a class that you teach people 
how to start in real estate anything that you have i'm more than happy to go ahead and listen to it and i'm sure the listeners would definitely appreciate it as well um we have a real estate class that i have a girl who's teaching it once a week in the hollywood look uh, century 21 hollywood location on franklin and brunson uh that's for someone who wants to become a real estate agent and then once they become a real estate agent i have a class here that i teach and how to step in into the real estate business and what to do and how to do it step-by-step um, internal class. Then I do seminars, like um, a lot of first-time buyer seminars because there are a lot of programs for first-time buyers with no money down that people just don't know about that. So I teach and I go to churches, synagogues, chapels, and we do like 25 to 50 people seminar that I teach on the first time buyer then i bring an attorney then i bring the um financial consultant that would just open people's eyes on what's available for them you'll be surprised a lot of people don't even speak english like we go to south la and i don't know how people survive but i provide that it's a free seminar and just educational seminar for real estate investors, I would what I would do is you're more than welcome to give me a call, email me, and I will sit down one-on-one and work out a strategy what's best for you personally, not for everyone. And you can call me, um, you can call me on my cell. It's 818-371-1665. Again, it's 818 818- Three seven one one six six five, or you can email me at info at century twenty one edva dot com. Can you repeat the email one more time? Info i n f o at century twenty one edva dot com. Perfect, Edward. Thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. It's been a pleasure time speaking to you. Thank you very much, Vic. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. 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 You have reached the end of this episode for Investing for Beginners podcast. There are more episodes coming with real investing insights and super actionable techniques with no hype. Stay updated with each new release by subscribing to the podcast. We would love it if you would leave a rating and review. Say hello on Facebook and Twitter at AskVCan. All show notes will be available. We will catch you next time. And remember, you don't need to be a genius to invest like one.